Hi, I'm Michael Carter, lead pastor of the Life Church, and I just want to thank you for watching this rebroadcast of this week's message. We hope it's an inspiration to you and that there will be things that you can apply to your life that will help you along your journey. I'm really glad that you're wanting to grow in your relationship with Jesus, and I believe the Word of God will help you do just that. So be encouraged, and if there's something in the message that helps you, we want you to respond. So leave a comment, prayer request, or even a question below. We want you to know that we're with you on your journey. So God bless you and have an amazing week. Here's this week's message. So pastor's been talking about faith. Faith is one of my favorite topics. Hallelujah. Because without faith, we got nothing, right? We got faith. Without faith, we are hopeless. We are lost without God in the world. So it's because of faith. The faith is our foundation upon which we stand. And no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe, faith means you believe in something. So your faith is the foundation from which you make every decision. Now, we invite you as Christians today to receive the faith that God has for you. The faith to perceive, the faith to be awakened to, the, the faith to understand who God is, the faith to be able to acknowledge God for who he is. It's not so for everybody, but today is your day. Amen. Holy Spirit said today, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. It's up to you to open up and let me in. It's a decision. But the faith is always offered, always offered. God is always saying, here I am. Here I am waiting, waiting to be received. All of us, none of us have the excuse. None of us in our hearts can say there is no God. The word says that I have shown every human that I exist just by my creation. So it takes an effort to not believe. <laughs> we are born believing. We are either taught not to believe or we choose not to believe. But we're born believers. I challenge you, if you don't believe, to get in a quiet place. If you're a person who likes to go outside, go out in creation. If you're a person who just likes to, maybe you don't like to be outside like me, like you don't like the bugs, stay inside. <laughs> Sit by a window and observe. Ask God, reveal yourself to me. I promise he will. <laughs> I promise it. He will. He'll reveal himself to you. And it will be undeniable. It will be undeniable. I declare that when you leave that place, and it might take more than once, it might take a few times just to sit in solitude. Why? Because the word said God has planted his spirit inside of humanity. He said it in the Old Testament, so I know it's true for the new because the Holy Spirit came. He's in there. It's us, up to us to recognize he's in there. As we think about faith, Let's think about, uh, there are some wisdom books in the Bible. 
So some of the wisdom books are Proverbs, they're Psalms, their Job is a wisdom book, and there's Ecclesiastes. And we learn about how to live through the whole Bible, but especially through these books of wisdom. So in the book of Job, we got a man who had it all. He had family, wife, children, lots of children, lots of land, everything he needed. He had it all. And he was satisfied, and he was a good man. And devastation came to his life all at once. In this time, we could say house burned down, kids died, got sick, wife left him. I mean, everything, everything. Devastation. That happens. Bad things happen to good people. Why? Because we live life. Right? Because who, who are we? Who are we? Are we the people who say, okay, bad stuff, it's okay for bad stuff to happen to other people, but why me? Well, why, why would bad stuff happen to me? Are you that special? Nothing bad's supposed to happen to you because? Because why? The Bible says the, the rain falls on good people, but rain falls on bad people, right? All of us experience life. Are you so special to say, why is stuff so hard? Why do I have to face all these challenges? Why is it, why not? Are you supposed to be an overcomer? Are there challenges? You, you, how are you going to be an overcomer if you don't have challenges? Right? Are challenges just supposed to be for other people, not you? Because you're so special. Stuff's just, people just supposed to give me. People just supposed to, you know, my way's supposed to be easy. Because I'm me. No. <laughs> no, no, no. How about, um, why do I have to live a mediocre life? How come I can't be uh, some kind of influencer on TV, you know, making lots of money, inventing things, whatever it is that you see other people doing. Why, why do I have to be a, I don't know, teacher? Why do I have to be a garbage man? Why do I have to be work security? Who wants to work in a factory? Is this all? Why not? Why, why do we despise where God has us? Why do we despise the things that life has given us? There was a man, his, and he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and we, we attribute it. We give Solomon the credit for it. But really, historians don't know who exactly wrote it. But he just says that he was a descendant of David. And he says he was a king. Could have been Solomon. Could have been another king after that. We don't know. Um, but he said, you know what? I tried everything. I tried everything. I tried um, learning about all kinds of things. I tried education. He said, I tried learning about the plants. I tried learning about society. I tried learning about the sun, the moon, and the stars. And you know what I found out? It was meaningless. He said, so I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to please myself. I'm going to party. I'm going to hire entertainers. I'm going to do... Uh, not deny myself any kind of indulgence. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I'm going to drink what I want to drink. I'm going to have people all around me. I'm going to dance. I'm going to drink. I'm going to do this. And he found out it's, all, it's not worth nothing. He said, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to amass a lot of stuff. I'm going to have gardens. I'm going to have fruit trees. I'm going to have homes. I'm going to build up my wealth and store it away. And he found out 
is not worth nothing. So everything we're looking for, I'm going to get degrees. Everybody's going to think I'm smart. You know what I found out? When you get a doctorate degree, you know a whole lot about this much information. Now we have all of this information in the world. A doctorate degree means you know a whole lot about a fingernail of information. So, really, come on. Does it mean you're that big of a deal? Not really. Not in the big scheme of things. <laughs> so, if you, all the things we think we want. I want people to know my name. I want to be famous. I used to want to be famous until, you know, people start dying that I admired, like, you know, Whitney Houston, you know, people, <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, I don't think I want to be famous. <laughs> but as a kid, you know, I want to be famous. I think I want to be rich. Yeah, I think that's good. I think I want to be rich. But then you see people like, I would say people that we think uh, are so happy, like Robin Williams, the comedian guy, so talented, right? On the outside, you think he's so happy. And then he kills himself? Why? Because without God, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. So we're going to turn to Ecclesiastes. And I'm just going to read a little bit of what I just said. He said, I worked hard. This is chapter 1, verse 18. I worked hard to understand everything there is to understand. From plants and animals to how society works, to the stars and the moon, and I learned that the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. And then in chapter two he says, well I'll try pleasure. I amassed everything from homes to cultured gardens to my own reservoir to hired entertainers, and it did nothing for me. I realized that people work so hard that they can't even sleep at night because their minds can't rest. I'm here to tell you, it's meaningless. Ecclesiastes means the preacher. And actually, I was reading last night, and I believe it's Greek, I'm not sure, it might have been the Hebrew. It's a female, what do you call that, conjugation? like part of speech <laughs> and it made me think huh, that's interesting <laughs> you can think what you want <laughs> so I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work and then I realized these pleasures are from God from the hand of God for who can it can eat or enjoy anything apart from him. God gives wisdom, God gives knowledge and joy to those who please him. So the ability to eat and to drink and to enjoy what God has given your hands to do, that is the basis for everything we need. How many of us realize when we had COVID, you couldn't eat what you wanted to, why? Because your sense of smell was gone. You couldn't enjoy it. That's a gift of God. How many have, when they had a job that they hated and then found a job that they liked, 
realize that's a gift from God. That's all we need to eat, to drink, to have what we need, to enjoy what God has put our hands to do. Amen? In chapter 3, we learn that there's a time for everything. For everything, there's a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up. There's a time for crying. There's a time for laughing. There's a time for grieving and dancing, scattering, gathering, embracing, turning away. There's a time to search things out but then there's a time to quit searching. There's a time to keep, there's a time to throw things away, there's a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, but then there's a time to speak up. There's a time to love and a time to hate and a time for war and a time for peace. What time are you in right now? And because you're in a specific time of your life doesn't mean that something's wrong. Because there's a time for every season that we're in. Yet, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. God planted eternity in the human heart, this is the preacher talking in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. God planted eternity in the human heart. You know, because you are human, there is a sense of eternity in your consciousness. You have to try to deny it. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Even though we have a sense of eternity, we don't understand what God is doing. And he says, because I tried all these things, in the end, I concluded that there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor because these are gifts from God. Why do we make life so complicated? It's not complicated. It's easy. Eat and drink. Enjoy your life. Enjoy what God has put your hands to. And I know that whatever God does is final. Verse 14. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him in worshipful reverence and honor. That's the foundation. We should fear him in our worship. We should reverence him. We should honor him. Amen? This warning, this instruction, this admonition is from somebody who experienced everything and found that all of his striving, all of his dissatisfaction with life, all of his decisions to be indulgent didn't add anything to his life. None of it, of it means anything. The only thing that matters is that all people should acknowledge and respect and live for God. What does this have to do with faith? <laughs> now, we said that faith is the foundation 
from which we make our decisions. Faith is the foundation from which we live our lives. So if we approach our lives in God with the faith, with the belief that God is, and we respect God, and we do like Proverbs 3 says, we acknowledge God before we do anything, then he gives us the faith to do what he's called us to do. He puts his desire in our heart. And then we don't have to be afraid when we make decisions that we're doing the wrong thing because we've acknowledged the Lord before we decided to do whatever it is. Because we've recognized him as God and we've trusted that he's leading our path. And we know that what he does is final. So we don't worry about how it turns out. Because what he's decided is decided. And we said, okay, God, I don't care what happens. We could be like Stephen who came and said, Jesus is Lord and was stoned. That could be for us. But we trust God because where is the sting in death? Yeah, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's the whole point, right? That's what we say. <laughs> That's what we say. The whole point is to live for God, to die for God, right? So we don't worry about the outcome. And we, things could happen to us like Job. It could. It could. We might get boils, sores, cancers. Things can happen. But then we say, God, we, we, we probably would be like Job. That's why this... The, that story is in the word because we would probably say, why, 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 why did my mother, why did my father, why wasn't my mother, why wasn't my father, why was I introduced to this, why did this happen to me? And then we'll hear God's voice say, where were you? Where were you when I created the star? Where were you when I made sperm meet ovum and produced life? Where were you when I separated the waters and made the sky and the earth? Where were you when I caused trees to grow up and produce fruit so that you could live? Where were you when I sent my son and watched him die on a cross for all of humanity? Who are you? to say things shouldn't happen and to say that I'm not there because something has happened. I thought you trusted me. I thought you said you were my child. I thought you said you were a believer. Who are you? Who are you? I dare you to look yourself in the mirror and say, who am I? What do I really believe? If things don't go my way, what would I do? If I was like Job, if I was like Stephen, Hebrew says some of our heroes of faith were sawn, cut in two. Some of them lived in the wilderness. Where's your faith? We hear a lot of, if you sow, you reap. If you plant your seed, you'll get. If you do this, if you jump up and down, if you say hallelujah, you turn around three times. If you say this scripture over and over, things will work for you. Are we serving a God of magic? Last I heard, the word of God is the seed. 
It's not money. It's not. The word of God is the seed. The last I heard is that God knows the end from the very beginning and his time, our time, is in his hand. The last I heard is that when things come against us like a flood, the standard of the Lord would rise up. And our job is to stand and to keep fighting and to put on the helmet of salvation and to put on the breastplate of his righteousness. That means, okay, God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that his blood covered me. I am declared righteous in right standing. I am in right relationship with God because I believe. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. It is our job to put on truth, to put on truth, not, not to be one person in public and a different person in private. Not to say one thing out of your mouth in this situation and another thing out of your mouth in a different situation. To put on truth. Our job is wherever we go to bring peace. Right? We should be covered. Our feet should be covered with peace. Our job is to stand in the face of the enemy. Amen? Everything that's not like God. That's our faith. Hebrews describes faith as the assurance of things we hope for. The absolute conviction that there are realities you have never seen. Hebrews describes faith as the assurance of things we hope for. Hope is a positive word. We don't hope for bad things. We hope for good things. So it's the assurance of things we hope for. Faith is the absolute conviction that there are realities that we have never seen. I was looking up faith just in the dictionary, Google, Google dictionary, because I, I don't have a book dictionary anymore. <laughs> so I look up everything on Google. <laughs> but this was in a reputable one, Miriam or something like that. Faith is the foundation of life, that's me. It's the foundation from which we make every decision from birth to death. Now this is a part of the definition. Faith is the underlying essence it's the indispensable or absolutely necessary thing that supports that which your heart knows to be true. Faith is the underlying essence. Essence is that absolutely necessary thing that supports that which your heart knows to be true. That is what faith is on a practical sense. Faith is absolutely necessary to support that which your heart knows to be true. If we don't know God, our hearts are dark. We we're, uh, recently, you know, the woke, woke. Faith allows us to be woke. <laughs> Faith allows our spirits to be awakened. 
faith allows us to perceive, understand who God is. That's why faith is so important. It allows us to understand who God is, that there is a God, and that we need God. That is why faith is so important. So faith is surrender to God because you know he is. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, Paul talks about faith a lot. And I have to confess, uh, Paul in Rome, especially in Romans, Romans is not one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible because Paul is very chatty. He just talks and talks and talks. And I'm always, I mean, he's, it looks like he, he uses a hundred words to say what he could say in 10. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, what are you talking about? <laughs> but he has a lot to say on faith. <laughs> so in Romans, uh, I believe it's 118. I believe it's 118. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has already been made. People are without excuse. Because they knew God, they know he's in there, but they didn't glorify him. They didn't give thanks to him. Their thinking became useless and their hearts are darkened. They think they're wise, but they are fools because they exchange the glory of an immortal God for images made to look like people and birds, and animals, and reptiles. What does that mean? That means because I am a created human and I know that there is a God, but, but I decide not to acknowledge him, there's darkness over me. And I can't really understand life. And I can't really understand why things happen in the world. So I decide to make something else my idol beside God. Sometimes my idol is myself. I make an idol that's a person. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean it's another person. Some, some religions do uh, idolize a statue that looks like a person, like a Buddha or something like that. But some of us don't. Some of us idolize ourselves. We say, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh, oh Lord, running my own life. It's me, it's me, it's me, yes it is. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right? Yes, it's very true. Some of us decide creation. God's in creation. We love the trees. We love the birds. There's a sun God. There's a moon God. We follow the stars. We follow astrology. Right? And that we believe that because the, the way the moon does things and our bodies and our emotions are changed because of the cycle of the moon and the stars and all of this thing. Why would you worship a created thing and not the creator? 
a lot of people, okay, I'm talking about black people because I'm black, I've never been nothing else. But I know a lot of young people in my community, they're into this thing uh, where they're burning sage and uh, saying it clears the air. And we cook with sage, we eat it. You're gonna clear the air with it. What? No, no. They're, they're talking about, oh, you know, uh, Christianity, that's a, that's a white man's God. Do we know that Jesus was born in Africa? Y'all know that, right? He, how, why would God go all the way to America and all his people was right there on the same continent? You, he, didn't, he couldn't turn this way? None of, none of the disciples, none of the disciples turned and, and evangelized the African continent. None. They all went some, uh, all somewhere else, right? Does that make any sense? No, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Really, the only country that has never been colonized, Ethiopia, it's full of Jewish people. It's full of people who know God. Full. Never been colonized. Hmm. Wonder why. I think there are probably some godly historical things that have taken place there. And maybe they knew God. And they said, you can't take us. You can't, you can't do this to us. We know God. Maybe. Could be. Could be. So, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just talking about my people. Mine. What? Why, why are we deceived? What? Why would we, why would we limit God to a race anyway? Is it that important? If Jesus looked like me, oh, what would happen? <laughs> if Jesus looked like, well, who do we want to say is evil? I don't know. If Jesus looked like Hitler, oh, because of what he looks like? No. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Do you know a God of flesh and blood? Or do you know a God of spirit, of might, of love, of power? Where is your faith? This is why faith is important. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep on going. <laughs> Without faith, there's no hope. Without faith, there's no true love. Without faith, there's no meaning to life. Without faith, humanity is left to themselves. Faith is a gift. It brings us stability and it helps us to overcome. First John 5 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith. Amen. Faith comes by hearing God. Faith doesn't come by hearing the written word. Faith comes by hearing God in you. Faith comes by hearing the spirit of God in you. Faith comes by accepting the sacrifice of Jesus. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glory and his standard, but his grace makes us right in his sight. 
He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and he didn't punish those who sinned in, in the past. We're talking about Old Testament times. They say that people just uh, went to the place of the dead. But when Jesus uh, went down to hell after he was crucified, he took them and said, and he came back up, he took them and said, come with me to paradise. This shows God's justice. It, it, God does not punish people because if, if they never heard how could, how could those people have been condemned for their sin? Jesus had not even come. And we're so worried about, oh, let, we, let's reach out to people who they, they don't know, they don't know, they don't know. And, and we as Americans and other European nations go over and we kill them and, and colonize them and make them our slaves in the name of the Bible and Christianity. Do you think God did not reveal anything about them himself? to those people. Do you think if, if they never heard Jesus that, that God would send them to hell? If they never had opportunity? If they never had opportunity, God would send them to hell? Is that the kind of God you serve? Where is your faith? Who do you serve? Study your word. Look, observe. And ask God, what's going on? He'll tell you. He'll give you an understanding. And you're not going to understand everything because you're not God. You're not him. You don't know the whole concept of his will. And you won't, but that's okay. He'll tell you what you need to know. <laughs> and he'll tell you what you need to do. Okay, let's keep going. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. But because we believe in Jesus, can we boast? Can we say we're better because we know God, we know Jesus, and they don't know? Oh, why? Because it's a gift and it comes through grace, right? And it's based on faith. So we're made right with God through faith and not by obeying any type of law. Our job is to live by faith, to walk by faith, to breathe by faith, to make decisions by faith, to worship by faith, to love by faith, to obey by faith. And our faith grows as we become more intimate with the one in whom we have faith. How do we become intimate? Okay, so this is, I thought was really interesting. Holy Spirit gave, gave this to me. He said, how do you become intimate with anybody, friend, whoever? You talk, you listen. You take time, you talk some more, and you listen. And then you make a decision on what you talked about. And you talk, and you listen. And then you guys work things out and you make decisions, let's do this, let's do that. You get to know each other a little more. And you talk and you listen. And you become intimate 
because you get to understand how the other person works and why they make the decisions they make and do the things they do. And they get to understand all of that about you too. And that's where intimacy is formed. So God is inviting us to do the same thing. Talk and listen. And God says, come on, let's reason together. I gave you an intellect. Come on, talk to me. Try to pull some stuff out. And I'll let you know. And I'll let, some know, let you know some stuff about yourself. And then I'll give you a, a challenge. And then you'll have to make a decision. And then you'll come back to me and we'll talk some more. And you'll listen and I'll listen to you. And we'll reason together. And then I'll show something else to you, and then you'll have to make a decision. And then we'll have opportunity to come and talk some more. And then we'll become more and more intimate with one another. And that's how our faith grows. That's how we get that solid foundation. That's how we know what to do, because we've laid that foundation of intimacy with God. I think that's it. <laughs> there is no ego in faith. There is no ego. So as you learn how to talk and be intimate and make decisions and you think your decisions are good, don't get puffed up. Don't think you're the stuff because you, I'm close with God. So I need to tell somebody else how they should live. No, 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 no. <laughs> because, you know, uh, the Jewish people in the Bible times thought this, and then they were cut off because they couldn't even see Jesus because they were so caught up in what God had done in the past. And then Jesus allowed us, to, revealed himself to us as Gentiles. So don't, don't, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up because that's flesh. That's getting caught up in yourself, you know, just ego, pride. I, I am this, whatever you think this is. So just stay humble, sit down somewhere, just go sit down somewhere and say, Lord, <laughs> help me. <laughs> I need you. I need you, God. Amen. So I, I just invite you to grow in your intimacy with God, to remember that everything you're striving for really is meaningless unless you acknowledge God, unless you find happiness in what he's called you to do. Enjoy your life. That's what it's all about. Enjoy your life. Laugh, play, eat, drink, have fun. Say, God, what challenge are we doing today? Do it with joy.